0: All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll a dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. It's time to grind. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grounded Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Tucker. That was Nipsey Hussle bringing us in with his song, Grinding All My Life. Let's hit that rail we call life and let's grind it. All righty. I'm with a very special lady. She is our worship leader at Partnership Christian Churches, where we are recording this interview today. <laughs> and um, just to be quite honest, you may hear some bees here in a little while because there's some uh, some construction work going on and, uh, and, they're, and they're operating a drill every now and then. So if you hear something that sounds like bees, it's, it's the construction worker. So uh, don't be too uh, shook up over that. Um, I play a instrument or two Just here, a few. <laughs> just a few here at the church. Uh, we're located here on Highway 321 in uh, Maryville, Tennessee, and that's Maryville, not Maryville. Um, <laughs> and actually, some of our elders are here out out in the hallway talking. So I don't know if the mic will pick those guys up or not. But if it does, it does. Um, but on this episode of Grinded, I'm blessed to be sitting here with our worship leader, Dinah. How do you say your last name? Hawk. Hawk. Yep. Just like, like the Titan bird. Yep. <laughs> just like the bird. Um, tell the Granted Brigade about a little bit about you and about your family.
1: Well, uh, we are just kind of a ministry family. I am married to my husband, Joshua. We've been married for four years, and we have two beautiful boys, Tobias and Asher. Um, Tobias will be three in January, and Asher turns one in September. So
0: <laughs> It just seemed like it took forever. To, for Tobias to get here. You know, we kept saying, you're going to have that baby. You're just going to have that baby. And it's like a week <laughs> would pass by. Then another week would pass by. We're like, is Tobias coming? And now he's three years old.
1: Yeah. It's um, crazy how fast the time goes.
0: It is. It's real crazy. Wait till you're 47 and looking back. <laughs> you're like, where did the time go? Yeah. Uh, and Joshua's involved in ministry here at the church too, right?
1: Yeah, he does young adult ministry and he also helps out with the youth. He
0: helps out with the youth. Um, he sets up our, well, he, he doesn't set up our sound, but he, on Sunday morning, he's running around like a chicken with a head cut off Yeah, to get, get the.
1: the <laughs> he's become my right hand man. He's really, uh. He's our COVID man. Yeah. He, he's <laughs> basically my producer back there if we need to give him a term, but he has stepped up in a lot of IT ways around the church as well to help with what he knows with the time that he has. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're, we're thankful for you guys. Uh, so that's one of your, uh, Northern terms, that you guys. <laughs> Um, but we are thankful for y'all, and, and you have been—you and Josh both have been a blessing um, to our congregation. I, I was thinking about um, this but on the way over here from the house. Um, I was thinking about our church services, like um, you know, we're, we're like a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> the, the worship team—we <laughs> served the queso and the salsa with the chips and you know the chips and dip. And then Pastor Mark is like your uh, your um, main course, yeah, your yeah. main course, your enchiladas and tacos and stuff like that. And then and then you know then, then Josh comes out at the end and he he's the dessert, you know. Right? <laughs> yep. he, he, he's, you know I, that's where my mind goes. It's really bad, but Josh he he does, he does do a good job um, with wrapping things up with when when Pastor Mark finishes his sermon and giving that invitation time and. Uh, but we are grateful for you guys being here and what you do. Thank how, you. How long have you been in ministry?
1: Um. Well, for me personally, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so you could basically say my whole life. Um, but when I really made it my own, uh, I was eighteen.
0: Pastor's kid. Yeah, my kids can tell you all about that.
1: Yeah, it's a fun life. That's a challenge. It southern. sure is. Uh,
0: how How long have you been here? Been a partnership um, Christian.
1: We have been here for three years, and I started as the worship leader shortly after that. So, three years. I
0: remember that. I remember that very well because you set us all down and said, Hey, I'm talking, and no questions.
1: (laughs) That's because, you know, you and Adam, (laughs) you guys like to ask a lot of questions, and then nothing ever gets done. Mostly
0: Adam. Mostly Adam. Mostly. Um. Let's see, how can I ask this? Why or how did you get in the ministry?
1: Um, well, like I said, I grew up in it, and so I had a really good taste of what it looked like all the, the good, bad, and the ugly. But um, mostly the good is what stuck out to me, and it's almost like it's just ingrained in me to do ministry and, and to love on people the way that the word tells us to. So when I was 18, I thought that I was going to college to become a teacher. Um, but the Lord quickly showed me that that was not where I was to go. Um, he made it very clear that my, my passion and my place in this life was to do worship and, and work in churches. and that's so that funny how that works? Yeah.
0: When we think we, God's wanting me to do this and we, we start in a certain direction, it's like, God's like, no, that's what you want to do, but this is what I want
1: you to do. Yep, yeah. and He makes sure that you hear that loud and clear. Yes,
0: and it works out so much better when, when we follow Him. That's the truth. What are some challenges or obstacles that you have uh, you have faced as a worship leader, or as being in ministry in general, and what, some things maybe that you had to overcome?
1: I think one of the biggest challenges that I have dealt with just as a human in ministry is feeling lonely and feeling discouragement. Um, I've been here now for three years as the worship leader, and after about the first year, everyone kind of got used to me so a lot of the body
0: moves
1: over. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the encouragement that was coming pretty regularly really died off and um that's not to say i don't hear some from time to time and i'm not looking out for you know i'm not looking for it by any means but i am still a human and we are told to encourage and uplift each other mm-hmm. um as a body of christ and so when that has diminished as much as it has there's definitely been weeks where i'm like what am i doing here like God, what is the purpose? You know, and then of course, when I feel those moments and when I really get caught up in that, um, God always sends someone that week to say like, Hey, I meant to tell you this a while ago. Her name, (laughs) 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 She was a big encourager for sure. Yes.
0: Um, what do you do to keep your passion? Because I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I've, I was a. have got a Bible degree. I was a pastor for quite a long time, so yeah. I know that that feeling that you're talking about. Yeah. And and it can get to us if we let it. You know, the devil will use any tools he can to uh discourage us. Um uh, so when when you do find yourself in that, I don't want to say pit, but you know, that it could be a pit of despair really. Yeah. If we let it. How do you keep grinding? How do you keep going? How do you motivate yourself, I guess, to, to keep doing what you do in ministry?
1: Ironically enough, through worship. Um, that's really the way that I best commune with our Creator. And when I get caught up in worship on my own, it just reminds me, what I know all along, but we all need reminders of, is why do you do this? You do this to glorify me, Dinah. That's why you do this. And so when I get caught up in those discouraging times, I just go to the Lord and I, I pray and I, I worship Him and I get that peace that He provides and remember, like, well, that's the whole purpose of what I'm doing. I just want to lead people into His presence so that they can feel this peace too.
0: So. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you a follow up question that was not on your sheet that I sent you. Um, but what is worship to you? <laughs> and, and I think you just said it. Yeah, just, just there at the end. But what, what, what would you say, Dinah Hawk? What is your uh, meaning of worship.
1: Yeah. So I've been asked this question a few times, um, in life, but to me, worship is a way of life and music is an aspect of it. Music is one of the ways that we worship. And for me, that's how I best worship our creator is through music and song. Um, and also through prayer. Um, but worship is the way that we live our life. And, um, everything we do should be worshipful to our Creator. So obviously we're humans and we're sinful and we're going to fall down and make mistakes and do things that don't please Him and glorify Him. But the more we pursue to live a life that looks like Christ, the more we're going to be worshipful people.
0: Yeah. I agree. I'm glad I'm not the one to ask you that. Maybe it sounds like I know what I'm doing on the, the <laughs> Okay, we're going to answer this one and then we're going to take a break. Um what is your favorite worship song? Who's your favorite artist and why? And I think I know the answer to this one too.
1: You probably do. Um, so worship song wise, I'm gonna be honest, I can't pick one. Um, there's just so many good ones that pull at my heartstrings. And for worship artist, it's a tie. And I know you know one of them. It's that my girl Lauren Daigle. Yep. Um, and also Phil Wickham is my. They're tied for my number ones just because the lyrics that they write and the way that they present it is just so heartfelt, so theologically rich, and so just. Not your typical, what you hear all the time. They're different. They branch out and take it to new heights, and I just appreciate that about them.
0: What's your favorite chord to play?
1: My favorite chord to play? <laughs> G, because it's the easiest. <laughs> G-sus. Oh, G-sus. G-sus. <laughs> That's right, <Jesus. laughs> G-sus. alright right, we're going to take a break.
0: We'll be right back. Somebody else lost their board and did know who it was. The board, out it, out it, out it. blank right on my shoulders. Our purpose with Grounded is to encourage peeps or people who are faced with life challenges, who are discouraged and may be ready to give up. Uh, we want to lift them up, uh, as the King James Version says, exhort them, and I, I love that word because it means to encourage with a gentle push. And I picture someone who is struggling and we, we grab them around their body, picking them up from, from their weariness and helping them up and kind of shoving them forward in a loving way, urging them to keep going. Uh, to get across that finish line in this race that we call life because Jesus says those who endure to the end Mm -hmm. will be saved. And and, you know, like we mentioned a while ago earlier, the the devil uses discouragement as one of his greatest tools. Um, And so uh, that's our goal with Grind It and the Grind It podcast is to encourage people any way that we can. And, and, And that's one of the reasons, biggest reasons behind these interviews is uh, because we all have stories. I've said that ever since I've been in ministry. Everybody has a story. And we all have problems. We all have life challenges. We all go through things, and we all go through different things, and some things are similar. Uh, but there's one... Um, I don't want to say fix it. What's the word I'm looking for? There's 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 one solution that everybody can turn to, and that's Jesus. Yeah. All right. Um, so... With that in mind, I've heard bits and pieces of of, of your testimony. Uh, God you, what was it? Three? Did you three? say three years now? Three and a half ah, years. Yeah. Goodness. Uh, but I've heard bits and pieces of your testimony, and I, I think you've been sharing it lately with some some ladies' groups and things. You've been speaking at churches and stuff here, uh, lately. Um. I'm. What I've asked you to do today is just share uh, your story with our our grind our grinded audience and um whatever you feel comfortable sharing you know if you don't feel comfortable don't share it and why you share your story um with the audience explain to them how um how you made it through i guess you go cuz uh I, I was talking the other day on one of the podcasts about peter stepping out of the boat you know and when he saw the wind and the waves, and this is an experienced fisherman. He's fished all his life. Yeah. He knows about wind. He knows about waves. He knows about storms. He knows how to steer a boat through a storm. But the minute he takes eyes off Jesus, he sinks.
1: Yeah.
0: And there, unfortunately, there's a lot of people, even Christians, who were sinking, and we we gotta point them to Jesus to 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 be lifted back up. Yeah. And and to keep going. So. Tell us your story and I'm gonna, you're for now I'm gonna hush It's
1: all you <laughs> well, I'm thankful to be here, Randy, and I appreciate it again, and I love the heart behind grind it because revelations twelve eleven says that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, and I love that, and I'm huge on sharing testimony so um so as I stated a little earlier, I grew up in the church I grew up ministry was just kind of all around me and Through that, I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly, and um, Christians are not immune to sin. Christians are not immune to hypocrisy. In fact, I think we're some of the biggest people that struggle with it because we're aware of it, Um, and so growing up, I mean, I had a good home life, but I was the middle of five kids. I I still am, and um, I just have always kind of been a little bit more different, I guess, than everyone else, so a little bit more of the oddball out because we were an odd number. I still get along great with my family to this day, but, um, you know, there were days where I definitely just kind of felt lonely. Um, And going through school, um, I guess loneliness and discouragement, as I stated before, are two things that I've really struggled with a lot in this life. And... Loneliness came at school when, as the pastor's kid in a small town of 300, you're pretty singled out for who you are. And so people treat you different when you're a pastor's kid. Um, You know, if they say one swear word around you, they automatically assume your dad's going to condemn them. You know, and it's like these crazy accusations came forth, and I'm like... I'm just a person. Like, I'm not the pastor, you know. Um, so there was definitely some battles of loneliness and discouragement there. But, um, I think one of the hardest things that I had to endure as just a, a girl growing up was dealing with a lot of sexual assaults as I was growing up. And so the first time I was ever assaulted, I was 13. So coming up through that, um, and from the ages of Age of 13 to 18, I was assaulted many, many times by nine different individuals, and the last one was by far the worst one. Um, But what happened was in this state of loneliness and growing up as a girl and dealing with eating disorders, dealing with health issues that I had from age 4 to 18, um, you know, there was just a lot of things that made me different. There was a lot of things that made me stand out in not always a good way. Just people knew who I was for various reasons. And so I poured my heart and passions into music and into theater and school. And, you know, it served me well for the time being, but it definitely made me start to struggle with self-absorption then because I got things and was given lead roles and Um, I got bullied for it. I got bullied because people wanted what I had or thought that I didn't deserve it, you know, things like that. So just a lot of struggles in that way that left me again, feeling lonely and feeling discouraged. Um, and so this last boyfriend that I had, uh, when I was 17, um, I thought he was going to be a good one for me. Um, We went to the same youth group together. Um, He was a great leader in my life. I had thought. um, He had been my friend for a few years. um, And I started dating him shortly after I had been saved, like fully saved. Um, I was saved when I was 15. Um, And I know that Satan sent him into my life to be a distraction. And that's exactly what he turned into. He turned into an idol in my life, um, quickly became an abuser in my life in many ways. Um, it was not the best senior year of high school, (laughs) um, though on the outside it looked that it was because of the things I was given at school. Inside I was just, um, just a dark, a darkness. Like I, I didn't wanna be alive anymore. Um, and so I definitely had times of suicidal thoughts, um, I had a plan, um, but I was talked out of it, and so I'm grateful to this day for that, but I, I still, I struggled with self-harm, and I struggled with just burying myself in the things of this world versus God, um, because that's what Satan wanted when he sent this boy into my life was for that to happen, and um, so I lived some dark months, and it was not fun, Um but I still knew that God was real, um, but I definitely was starting to feel some anger towards Him and doubt as to why I would be stuck in the position that I was when I openly wanted to love Him with my whole heart. Um, and then when this boy left me, I felt like I had nothing left. Even though he was making things so much harder for me, I felt like I had nothing because he had made me lose trust with my family and all my friends and teachers, and so I had nothing. And all I could do was fall before Jesus. And there's a cliche saying, but I think it's a saying for a reason that um, you have to hit rock bottom to realize that God is the rock at the bottom. And that was so true in my life. And so when I got out of that relationship I sought help in some Christian counseling and um started mending relationships that I felt were okay to mend and welcome back into my my life and the summer before college was just a summer of worship and a summer of prayer and I surrounded myself with a new group of friends and I'm forever to this day grateful for them and they know who they are um and they helped me heal a lot and we just Surrounded ourselves with the presence of the Lord, and had that not happened, I wouldn't have been set up the way that I was set up when I went to college, and I'm grateful to God for that. So, Let me
0: stop yeah, for a second, because you, you said something that made me think. Because a lot of times when we get in that dark place, when we and we're in depression and, and discouragement, and all, mm-hmm. you know, and all those feelings that come along with that, one of a, a natural tendency for people is to to withdraw, yeah, and be alone you said something that stuck out to me is you surrounded yourself with some friends that encouraged you and and it helped.
1: They pulled me out. Pull you out of that pit. And, and I had not been friends with them. Not all of them. I think one of them I had been friends with in school, but the rest of them I had not been. And I actually met them because my one friend was dating the one guy. And so we just became this group and that whole summer, um, that's what they were. And they knew what I had gone through and they knew how just raw everything was. I was totally open about it. And I encourage that with people that no matter how hard it is to be open, a lot of times people don't know what you're dealing with unless you say something. And Mm -hmm. it's easy to get mad at everyone around us. Like, well, you should have seen this. You should have noticed this. And it's easy to accuse other people, but we have to hold ourselves responsible too. And no one always knows that you need help unless you say it. And sometimes that's all you have to say. It's just like, hey, help you know, just, just get it out just as soft as it is, get it out there. But yeah, these people, um, they were great and the Lord used them to help me heal a lot. Um, so then I get to college and I'm, you know, I don't want to date anybody at all. Um, I just wanted to pursue the Lord with my whole heart and little, um, Trinity Christian college, um, outside of Chicago. And it was, it was a good place for me to be, um, at that time. And, so I'm just this little 18-year-old pursuing the Lord with my whole heart and every day I just sat at the coffee shop and literally just was in my in my word in my Bible highlighting, taking notes, all of it. And little did I know that watching from just a couple tables over was my now husband Joshua and um he noticed me well before I ever noticed him. Um, you know, I had seen him, we acknowledged each other. We were always there at the same time, but like my focus was just, lord, I want to know you and I want to, you know, I want to love who you made me to be and figure that out about me because of the things that I had been through and um I start doing the worship team and the chapel worship team and just Pursuing the Lord with my whole heart and all of a sudden now I am in the same friend group as as Joshua and He just openly started to pursue me, but I still didn't pick up on any of the signs because I'm like He's 24. I'm 18. There's no way that he's interested in me. I'm a dork You know, I was going through this self-love phase, you know, no makeup <laughs> um, Dressing in sweatpants all the time, you know, there's no way he's interested in me um And it was crazy as Josh and I started to get closer as friends, my ex-boyfriend actually reached out to me a year later and I hit this phase of, oh my gosh, this is it for me. Like as much as I'm healing, I'm not going to get anybody else because I'm just worthless. And all these horrible thoughts and lies from the devil just started coming back into my head like, oh, you're not worth it. You're damaged goods. No one's going to want you you know, all of these things. And here I'm not even looking, but you know, all these thoughts come. And so he reached out to me and I, I, I look at myself and I'm like, why did you do it? Why'd you answer? But I did. And I met with him and he's telling me all the reasons why we should get together. And, you know, he was sorry and all these things. And I'm sitting there like buying it. And I'm like, I've come so far. Why am I buying this? And he said, Why don't you take a week and think about it? And we'll meet up next weekend and you can tell me yes or no. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. So that whole week, I'm just distraught. Like, God, why would you bring him back into my life? Is there going to be reconciliation here? What does this look like? And I'm on my way to go meet him that next morning. It was a five hour drive. I'm on my way and I get a message from Joshua, the first time he'd ever messaged me. And it said, Hey, I've been meaning to ask you this for a while now, and I would have preferred to do this in person, but would you like to get coffee sometime? And I'm sitting there like, okay, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really weird. Um... Uh, but i'm like you know he probably just wants to get coffee because i'm new to the friend group and i'm the only one he doesn't really know no big deal so i'm like sure yeah that's fine and and uh i'm still agreeing to meet with my ex-boyfriend and then i get another message later on from him that says off campus my treat And when you go to a small christian school (laughs) that's a huge (laughs) giveaway that that's a date and i'm sitting there like no way (laughs) i didn't mean to say yes to a date So, um, I was just a little nervous about that, but, you know, the forefront of my mind is what am I going to do with this guy that I'm going to meet tomorrow? How do I approach him? How do I handle this conversation? And, you know, I'm praying about it and I'm thinking about it and I'm just really wrestling with myself and all I can think about on my way to meet this guy is I don't want to go and talk to Joshua on Monday when he asks what I did this weekend. I tell him I get back with my abusive, manipulative boyfriend that's not something i want to say to joshua i respected him enough then to know that's not something i wanted to have to say to him and so because of joshua reaching out i had the courage to say no to this guy and i I told him you know i don't want to hear from you ever again and to this day i haven't and since that first date with joshua um, we've been together Um, unbeknownst to me for a while actually we were dating Um, this another story for another time but (laughs) Um, but i look at how God heard my my cry out for help and the ways that he used Joshua in my life as protection and and an encouragement and all these things that I had been praying for and needing um wasn't looking for at that time but God knew hey this is going to keep you away from backtracking like I see your heart and I'm going to protect you and lead you and guide you and I'm so forever grateful to God for the ways that he has done that and protected me and with loneliness and discouragement which like I said they're things I struggle with big time he has given me Joshua and without Joshua I know I would still be saved I know I would still be a Christian but he's got so much wisdom and so much of the things that I need and I can see that the Lord gave him to me to bring me where I am today to get me in ministry in the way that I am and now we've been married for four years. We've got two beautiful boys, um, and we do ministry together. We do ministry for young adults. Um, I'm a youth mentor, and then now the Lord's just been stirring up in my heart to go out and speak and to share my story with people.
0: That's
1: awesome.
0: And so, now, yeah. You, you ever doing, like, a Bible study or a prayer time to go to on Facebook Live or something, right? Are you all still doing that?
1: Yeah, so I actually have a ministry page on Facebook. It's just my name, Dinah Grace Hawk. Um, and so I've been... And that Sharon. is H
0: A U C K. <laughs> yes. Not H A W K.
1: Yes. It's D I N A H G R A C E H A U C K at Facebook or Instagram. Um, and it's a ministry page that I just started in January, which is when I had my first speaking conference event. Um, and so the Lord is really blessing how that's taking off. But through that, I have partnered with um another um katie hawk ministries same last name we are related um (laughs) she's had a little bit more of an experienced speaker and she's got a lot of wisdom but she asked me to partner with her in this group called getting to know jesus and so that's a facebook group that we run together um and every monday we do communion and prayer time together and joshua pops on there he pops on my page a lot because he's got a lot of wisdom so
0: and he pops up on Sunday mornings, and he does. <laughs> Josh
1: just kind of appears, and he shares the love of the Lord, and you're like, "Wow, that will yeah. never be the same."
0: <laughs> He's really awesome. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm thinking this is probably the question you were talking about when we started. <laughs> how have these challenges that you face prepare you for ministry?
1: Well, uh, how does life not prepare you for ministry? You know, um, I guess like I said um, I've been here as a worship leader for three years and then um when I got here you know I'm I'm a young worship leader I started young I was 22 when I took the position and and um, you know I sit here and I'm like okay what's next God like this was my goal this was my dream job what comes after this and I just kept hearing a whisper saying there's more <laughs> yeah you're just getting started <laughs> there's more what do you really want to do And, you know, the longer I've been here and done ministry and worked with the youth and all these things, um, the more that cry in my heart was, share your story. Share your story. Share your testimony and, and speak. And I'm like, there's no way. I could sing, but I'm praising, so my eyes are closed most of the time. You know what I mean? But speaking, everyone's looking at you, and I'm like, no way. But God woke me up uh, before a worship night that I hosted here. And he's like, here's a message that you're going to share in a couple months. And I'm like, no. And I really wrestled with him on that. But here you go. When that worship night came last year, I spoke. And from speaking at that event, I was um, reached out to to speak at a upcoming local women's conference that we had. And so that took place in January and When all these things were coming to play, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Lord, you really did hear the depths of my heart that I wasn't even hearing yet. And I know that there's a huge desire within me to speak at women's and youth events and to share my story and to just encourage each other to love each other and to support each other and uplift each other. Because, you know, I look back at my life and if I would have had someone that was a Christian step up in my life and and walk with me through my trials, things would have looked so different for me. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter about it, but I tell myself I want to be that person to as many people as I can be, and so I, I, yeah, that's something that's encouraged me to do ministry: is be the person that you wish you had, um, and always share the love of Jesus. That's what He tells us to do. Yeah,
0: one of the things you said when you're giving your testimony, you can kind of just said it again you know, in a roundabout way. But um, one of the things I would say uh, to a congregation when I'm preaching or whatever or in the, while I'm teaching Bible class, whatever, and say, share your need so people can meet your need. Yeah. And a lot of times we just expect people to meet our needs, mm-hmm. and the, the, but we don't realize they don't know what our needs are. Yeah. We have to drop our pride and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and say, hey, I have this need. You know, and then can you help meet it? Um, yeah. And so, I, I, I think people need to be encouraged to do that as well because, um, you know, we're not mind readers. We're
1: not. And dropping our pride is a huge thing that we have to do. But then on the flip side of that, I encourage you, if you see someone reaching out, this may be the only time that they have the strength to do it. So don't just ignore it. If mm-hmm. you hear someone saying, hey, I'm going through a really hard time right now, maybe you're the person that they felt led to talk to. Don't overlook them. Mm-hmm. And a uh, yes. part of my testimony that I didn't get to in all of that is, There were so many times that I reached out to youth leaders and I reached out to people in the church and I said, hey, help me. Like, help me. I'm struggling and I don't know what to do. And, and, you know, either I wasn't Christian enough or I didn't have the right parents, you know, not the right name in town. Whatever it was, they all rejected me, all of them. And so, again, I just want to encourage people. Yes, drop your pride and, and, and make that step to reach out, but on the flip side of that, take their hands when they're reaching, like for real. And Be the
0: good Samaritan, go to the ditch and, and absolutely. bandage up the wounds. Absolutely. You don't pass by on the other side of the road. Exactly.
1: Mr. Okay. Preacher. You
0: know, <laughs> um, I talked about that in the previous podcast. It's just that's what... Uh, it's just easier to pass by on the other side of the street than it is to go help, Yeah, unfortunately.
1: But God tells us to encourage each other and to uplift each other and to walk with each other and to um, commune with each other. And that's something that I think too many people just take for granted.
0: And you probably just answered this question. Um, and this is the last question that I want to ask you to pray for Absolutely. our listeners. Um, but you've ministered to many people. Um, what would be your very basic message to them?
1: Well, (laughs) (laughs) love like
0: Jesus.
1: (laughs) Yes. Love the least of these.
0: (laughs) What does love like Jesus mean?
1: Love the least of these. Uh, It's really easy to get in our Christian bubbles and forget the whole heart of what we're doing. And to look at the ones that are homeless or look at the ones that are hurting and obviously going through hard times and say, Ah someone else will get to him. And we stay with our people and we do our thing. But to love like Jesus is to love the least of these. To love like Jesus is to love the people that no one else will go to. To love the people that no one else will even touch. Um, That's what Jesus did. and yeah. yeah. So that's my big message to you is seek out the people that no one else is seeking out. Don't favor someone based on how they act or how they look. But look at them the way that Jesus did, which is through the heart. And Love like Jesus.
0: (laughs) One of the things uh, that I've noticed in my, because I've been been in the ministry ever since I was like 11 years old. I was a Christian 11 years. I was raised in a church. Um, But I've noticed it. We don't really even have to seek for them. We just pray for opportunities.
1: And they're right there. Your eyes will see them. They're all around. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. how, how your eyes will be open in a, in a totally different light. Yeah. But then you have to pray for encouragement to, or the courage, not encouragement, but yeah. the courage to step out of your, because it takes you way out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Especially at first. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know what if, What about if they ask me something about the Bible or something. I don't yeah. So it, it does, it makes people uncomfortable. So it's a the thing they have to overcome. But if we pray for opportunities, it's amazing how, yeah uh, many show yeah. up <laughs> I mean yeah. they're just everywhere, and I tell people all the time when you're when you're standing in line in a store or something you just listen, people will tell you what their what their needs they are they
1: will they really will
0: and don't clam up you know do something about it
1: yeah if you hear a whisper, <laughs> yeah answer it <laughs> yes. don't just ignore it.
0: Don't ignore it please okay um well, thank you for um your time today yeah. and, and the interview really, really well uh, so I'm going to ask you as we close if you would to pray for our listeners who are struggling with some life challenges
1: absolutely Heavenly Father we just come before you and we praise your name and we thank you for who you are and the redemption that you give so freely to all people the grace that you pour out from your blood and your love Lord that is just constantly surrounding us and Father I want to pray for anyone who's listening to this Lord whether they're struggling or where, um, where they're feeling lonely and where they're feeling discouraged, Lord, I ask that you speak to them and that this message speaks to them and that they know that you are always present and you are always constant, even if people fail us. But, Lord, to never stop praying for someone to come into their life and to pull them with you, Lord, to seek you and to walk with you and to pursue you. Lord, I also want to pray for the people who are listening to this that are maybe stuck in their pride, God, I ask that you just tear down walls, that you move in their hearts and that you speak to them. God, that you reveal the truth that they need to hear and you give them the humbleness to receive it, Lord. And Father, for anyone that's listening to this that maybe isn't a believer, God, I pray that they just hear how real you are, how truthful you are, Lord. You are good and you are still on the throne. Even though this world is chaotic and crazy and sorrowful, you are good. You are so good and you promise us a new heaven and a new earth and you promise us new bodies if it's someone who's dealing with illnesses, Lord. You promise us so many wonderful things to come. We just have to hold fast to you. So Lord, I pray encouragement over all who listen. Lord, may they hold fast and know that you are not leaving them alone. You are not forsaking them and you're going to answer their needs the way that they need it. Whether that's what they think they need or not, Lord, you will answer it. Because you know all things and you know what is best. We love you, Lord, and we just pray that you move and that you speak and that you are felt. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Grind It podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just grind it. i it all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life. I've been grinding all my life. look. Yeah, all my life.